right, so we um, are in a series called All Things New, and I think this is a fascinating series that, that we're, we're looking at uh, how important it is to understand what God has done, and, and we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about being, uh, getting a new start in Jesus, and then we, we talked about the hope for our future and life after life after death, and how there's more to it sometimes than we've sort of settled on, and it's bigger than that, and we've been exploring those ideas together, and, and um, you know, uh, we, we talk about the importance of understanding what it means to be a new creation, and we're going to talk more about that today, and I've encouraged you to be thinking about, about what you're saved to instead of just what you've been saved from. And then last week, I, I, we, we, uh, two weeks ago actually, we started to talk about the idea of death because we talked about life after life after death. And I, I introduced the idea that death is more than a biological state. It's actually a power. And that power entered the world um, with sin at the fall. And it, it changed everything that death is a, a power. But now Jesus has come. He brings eternal life. That's a power. And the life has overcome death and and so it significantly changed everything and then we we briefly talked the last week about how we have gone with jesus somehow not only has he died for us but we've died with him resurrected with him and that's brought us this idea of new creation and and so all those things are about perspective changes that that i i don't think we've fully engaged uh, in, in all that that means and what that looks like. And that's part of our life is, is changing perspective. You know, I've said from the beginning, my, my hope is to continually press into the Lord and to, to just continue to dig into the Scripture together and, and what it means and, and that our, our minds have to be changed. Paul says over and over again that we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we have some mindsets that need to be changed in us. And so it's good for us to press in. Uh, we were Alice and I had to travel this week, and, and so we were in Dallas um, for a couple of days. And Wednesday morning in Dallas, I woke up and it was it was 38 degrees and rainy in Dallas. And and so and I I wanted to go and have my my little exercise time. I try and exercise every morning. I go for a walk and a bike ride and I do some calisthenics. And um, so I wasn't obviously going outside to do that in 38 degree weather. So. And the hotel we were at, there was a little fitness room. So I went down to the fitness room, and it was going to work out okay. If they had a treadmill, I had a little stationary bike, and so I could pretty much get my, my whole workout in. So I started, you know, stretching and then doing calisthenics. And I, I guess I do old man calisthenics because I was doing jumping jacks. And I don't know if people even do jumping jacks anymore, but I do jumping jacks. And so I'm, I'm doing my jumping jacks, you know, I'd stretch and do my jumping And all of a sudden I realized that that whole wall is mirrored. And, and I look, and this is the thought that I have. Who's the old guy doing jumping jacks? I was literally shocked. Because it's not the picture I have in my mind of what's happening. You know what I mean? You, you, you get it? So it's a, it's a perspective. I have to have a, a mindset shift that, that you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm still doing jumping jacks, but it's not pretty. So um, I didn't even want to see it. But so it's perspective. So as we're talking about these things, we're going to look at Romans 6 today. Just sort of have your minds open and, and look for what's going on because it's so powerful and life-changing. This whole, all this idea of the, the, the renewal of all things and how that impacts us today is significant. So that's the intro. Transition. A couple of bad jokes. Oh, these were, these were terrible. Don't you hate it when someone answers their own questions? I do. My wife's letting me do this one, but just barely. A fire hydrant has H2O on the inside 
and K9P on the outside. That's right on the edge, apparently, of where I'm allowed to tread. All right, this one is flopped, and, and people look at me like I'm nuts, but it's one of my favorites. You'll never be as lazy as whoever named the fireplace. It's so funny. It required no imagination to come up with that name. You get it? You could have named fireplace anything. Think about it for a minute. Fireplace. Well, I'm disappointed in all of you. <laughs> all right. Let's dig in. Scripture reading here on purpose. Apologies to the visitors. This is Numbers 21. I'll explain this towards the end of the message, but it's one of those amazing Old Testament passages that has a lot of meaning for us today. Remember, I tell you all the time that what's going on throughout the entire book matters to us. It's all his story. Verse 4. They traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom, but the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and, and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. And then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them, and they bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned uh, when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake and look at the bronze snake, they lived. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So I want to really dig into that here in just a moment. But, uh, you know, last week, uh, as we were talking, I talked about the importance of understanding um, what it means that, that we died with Jesus and, and what that looks like in our lives. And I, I said that there's something very real happened for us at the cross, that, that Jesus um, prayed that we would go with him on that journey and, and that somehow when when he died on the cross we died with him and that when he was resurrected we were resurrected with him and that this is a big point of Paul's teachings um, throughout all, all of uh, all of his letters and what that means for example here we go Romans 6 5 for if we've been united with him in a death like his we will also certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his and then last week I looked at these verses. Here we go. Same sort of thing happening. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's that picture again of us dying with Jesus somehow and being raised again. Something has changed. Ephesians 2, 4 and 6. We looked at this one. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. And God raises us, raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in 
Christ Jesus. This is a theme of Paul. It happens throughout. And he's making that connection for us that we might have missed. That, that somehow in Christ, something amazing and miraculous happened that we need to be aware of in the process. And, and, and so what does it look like? What does this dying with Jesus and resurrecting with Jesus mean? Well, he continues on in Romans 6. Verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, that's why it's so significant that we get this. Something has happened. He's anyone who has died. That means us at the cross. When we gave our lives to Jesus, in effect, we died with him. And because of that, the, the captivity, the sin that we were under has been broken. Jesus says, uh, that we, you know, we were crucified with him so that we could be set free from sin. We're no longer in slavery to sin. And so the person before, the old us that had been living in all that bondage and everything, all of that got taken care of at the cross. And, and so what's happened is, and this is what we've been talking about, what we need to talk about, is that we are, in effect, new creations. We're, we're wholly new. Something amazing has happened. And, and so we have a tendency, and I, I've said this, to sort of look at what we've been saved from and, instead of what we've been saved to. And so we, we, we have this, oftentimes, this very negative sort of outlook on our lives. And, and we consider ourselves, you know, failures or rejected or, or not worthy. Uh, all these sort of ideas that come in and we, we live under them. But the reality is that that was who you were before Christ. That, that because of the hold of sin on us, um, we were broken. See, it, it wasn't, it's not about the wrong that we've done. It's that in our core level, our identity was that we were wrong. That's what sin had done. And, and what Jesus does and what we do with him is he takes us through that so that can be broken off of us. We're no longer in slavery to sin. We're, we're different in the process. And, and so he says in verse 8, now, if we've died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. And so what he's saying there is that Jesus has dealt with sin, and, and so Jesus isn't having to deal with that anymore. What he's looking to now is living for God, living to God. That's the whole direction. And in the very same way, that's how we're supposed to be living. Because Paul goes on in the same verse 11, next verse, and he says, in that exact same way that he's talking about how Jesus lives, that's how you need to live. You need to count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. He's telling us we need to intentionally reflect on what this means, that we need to consider this, that this is a mindset change that we need to look at, and that, that we have to get a hold of what took place in this process of us going to the cross with Jesus and coming out on the other side. Remember, remember last week I said that we're people of eternity who are living in the present. And so there's a couple of things I want you to think about this week, just in, re, in sort of light of that thought. Here's the first one. You might want to write this down because I do want you to think about this. Do you think of yourself as dead to sin and alive to God? Is that how you tend to think of yourself? Because I think that most of us would, would say that that's really not how we think of ourselves. And, and so this is mindset that needs to change 
in us. The other way I've said it, I already said it once in this, in this, whole, in this message um, today, but, but are you more focused on what you've been saved from or are you more focused on what you've been saved to? So in this whole idea of all things new, we've been talking about what we're saved to and that needs to be where our focus goes. But I think we've spent too much time sort of consumed by what we've been saved from. It's important, don't get me wrong, that we've been forgiven. But, but because of that, there's more to it than that. And there's this life that God really wants us to have and experience. I've called it, you know, full and abundant life. We talk about it all the time. That we need to be experiencing in the process. You see, you're no longer a slave to sin. That's what Paul is telling us. We've been set free from the slavery to sin. Before Christ, we were slaves to sin. But we've been set free from that. And, and so this change has to happen. Now, the verse that I have, that scripture verse today, is a, it's a picture of Exodus. And over the last several years, as often as I can, I go into the idea of Exodus with you. Because I've said to you, it runs throughout the Bible. The theme of Exodus is there throughout the scripture. And so we need to understand it so we can see it when it pops in front of us. And, and in the Exodus, what happens is that the people of God are delivered miraculously by a movement of God from slavery and bondage in Egypt. They're set free, and it's a miraculous thing. Our exodus is similar. In in a miraculous way, Jesus has set us free from slavery and bondage to sin, and it's the same picture. But but here's what you watch in, in the whole process with the Israelites who've been set free. So they're used to living in slavery. They've got 400 years' worth. That's all they know. It's what they're used to. It's horrible life, but it's what they're used to. And now God sets them free, and he takes them out into the desert, And there he provides for them. But they are completely not in control of this situation and they don't like it at all. They don't like not being in control. And so even though God is providing for them in amazing ways, you know, manna and quail, just all this, and and he's there for them and he wants to take care of them and he's, you know, he's showing up, he's present with them in the whole process. Anytime something feels a little bit out of their control, they want to go back to slavery. They, because that's where they feel more in control. They want to go back to what they used to be. They, they don't understand how to live in this new free way that they have in God. And so they keep wanting to go back to slavery. It's a mindset change. They have that slavery mindset. They keep pulling them back. What happens to us is, is having been slaves to sin until we came to know Jesus, we tend to have that mindset and there's just constant pull back. And there's no life there. And what God wants us to do is, is yield to the Holy Spirit. Remember, he's put the Holy Spirit in us. And so heaven and earth meet in us right now. And, and we yield to the Holy Spirit and we look towards him and what that looks like. And he sets us free from this mess. So it doesn't need to be our focus. We have a new focus. And that's our focus is to live for God. And this begins to change things in the process. And so, so God has done some amazing things in order to set us free. And we need to be aware of what's taking place. And then I've asked you to think, I want you to think about this too, because this is critical to get a hold of. So because we've, we've died with Jesus and Jesus has in effect taken care of death, there's this link between death and sin. Remember I said it was sin that first opened the door to the power of death. And, and God has overcome in Jesus the power of death with the power of life. And in the same time, he's, he's dealt with sin in the process. And, and actually, Jesus uses death to kill sin in our lives. So I want to tell you this story that comes from John chapter 3. And then we're going to tie in that passage that I read in the beginning, because you, you, it's a fascinating passage about bronze serpents and stuff. 
And the reason I bring it up is because Jesus brings it up to talk about salvation. You would think that's a weird verse to talk about salvation, but that's what Jesus does in this conversation with Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He knew that Jesus had come from God because of the miracles and the signs. He he didn't want to say anything publicly because of the persecution, so he sneaks in to talk to Jesus at night. Here's how it goes, verse 1. There was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God. For no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Nicodemus comes in, he wants to talk about the signs and miracles, but Jesus says, listen, you're kind of missing the point. Um, In order to understand what's happening, you need to understand the kingdom of God. Remember, that's not a place, it's the rule and reign of God. And the only way to sort of understand the kingdom of God, the, the rule and reign of God, is to be born anew. There's that new concept that's throughout this series, to be born new, spiritually born. Something needs to change. And Nicodemus can't figure that out, and he says, well, what does that mean? Are you supposed to enter the womb for a second time? It's a, he, he doesn't get this idea of being born again. And, and so Jesus answers him in that. He says, listen, verse 12, I've spoken to you of earthly things, and you don't believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life. Now, I don't know about you, but I've read and, and read that John 3 chapter. I read it for years, and it was only at some point some years ago when I read it and go, what in the world is he talking about with this bronze snake in the middle of this passage? And why in the world, is, what has that got to do with salvation? Why is it there? And so Jesus begins to, to what he's talking to Nicodemus about is that first, you're not going to understand this in, in your old mindset. You need to have a spiritual mindset in order to be able to grasp some of these things that are going on. And so what he's saying is it's salvation. The whole idea, everything that happens is revealed to us by the Lord in what's taking place. And so he wants to give him something, though, that he can get a hold of to understand salvation. And so he goes to a story that he knows Nicodemus will know. And it's of that numbers passage in the process. And he starts the story with him, and, and he understands what's going on. And so he looks at the story, and in effect, what's happening back in that numbers passage is that the Israelites um, are not happy with the way things are going, and so they begin to complain. They complain about the food and everything else. And, and you know, God's providing them manna and quail. And they don't, they're, they're getting tired of it. They're complaining about it. So I said, you know, that's, they're getting really cheeky. You, you know, what, anybody here ever get cheeky with anything? We get cheeky. Alice and I, sometimes when we're leaving the house, we'll have like a minute long conversation on what channel we need to leave on for the dog. <laughs> and then we come here and expect you to take us seriously. That's cheeky. That's cheeky. But some of you get it right away. What, QVC? No. Movie channel? No. What is it? The dog? Anyway. We're sure it's important. Make sure the volume's right. All the dog people get it. So, yeah. so, so, so here we have the people of God complaining. And, and all of a sudden these, these snakes come. 
And they begin to bite the Israelites, and the Israelites begin to die. And they immediately go, oops, that we shouldn't have done that, and, and please help us out. That's what they would do throughout this journey. And, and God says, yeah, here we go. What you're going to do, Moses, you're going you're to make this bronze snake, this serpent, and we're going to put it on a pole, and you lift it up on the pole. When anyone looks at the pole, even if they're bitten, they're going to be okay, and they're going to live. And so that's what Jesus talks about when he's talking about salvation. And you go, well, what in the world is happening in the process? Well, here's, here's what the whole story looks like. What Jesus is saying is that we're like the Israelites who were bitten by poisonous serpents. Only ours was the original serpent back at the fall in the process. And the poison of the fall afflicted us all. And, and then Jesus provides salvation by becoming sin. He never sinned, but remember, the scripture says that he became sin. This is one of our mission verses, so you know it. Second Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So, so that sin then, it, Jesus becomes sin, is lifted up on pole, which is the cross. And as we look to him on the pole, we're saved from the poison of the fall. This is a big deal that you need to see what's happened is it is that Jesus is lifted up as sin on the cross and, and and it dies there Jesus uses death to kill sin remember from the beginning they're tied together sin opened the doorway for death to come in and Jesus is shutting it down at the cross Here, here's another way to see it and and think about this this week if you don't think about anything else this is pretty cool remember I said how all these things work together and you look at the scripture and you go well, that is so cool at the cross God makes Jesus to become sin for us, and in effect, he puts sin on the tree. The cross is called the tree all the time. Now think about what happened at the fall, back in Genesis 3. Eve takes the fruit, sin, and plucks it off the tree. At the cross, God takes sin and puts it back on the tree. So it doesn't have impact on us any longer. See, sin is back on the tree. So in Christ now, we're back into that relationship we had before the fall. Do you see how he puts that together for us? And why Jesus uses that illustration? Look at what happened in the whole thing. God has taken sin in Christ, putting it back on the tree, and changed everything for us. And he continues to change things. So what we have to talk about next is about our identity and how this understanding then changes things. Because here's where people struggle. Because they'll, they'll, they'll say, well, all right, sin has been dealt with, but the reality is we, we all still sin. And so we think, well, how is it possible that it's been dealt with because I still sin? Here's the thing. In those areas where we still get caught in that, it's a, it's a mindset. It's because we, we haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to continue His work in us the way that we need to so that He'll change us over time. Over time, He will continue to work in those things. We have a choice to make. Sometimes we will choose wrongly, and, and that's where we go. But that is no longer our identity. That's broken off of us. We're new creations. We have a brand new identity. Everything has changed. And in a lot of ways, we're just sort of catching up to it in the process as our minds are transformed and changed by the Holy Spirit working in us. So that's what we sort of have to understand on this journey. And it does begin to change things when you realize that old you is not you anymore. And the you that you are now, you're the you that you're going to be forever. That begins to change things. So think about those things and about those pictures. I think they're very helpful. I'm going to end it there. We'll pick it up more next week. Ministry team, those are here when you head over to the wall. People on the way over the wall are here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, then make sure you get it. But let me pray for you as a group. We can have breakfast. 
and dismiss. Thank you, Papa, for your goodness to us. And, and God, for what you've done for us and for the life that you want us to have. And God, that, that it's amazing, this life. It's so full. It's so beyond what we've often settled for. We're, we're, we're so grateful to be forgiven and have eternal life. But, but Lord, the realization of how that impacts us now, God, is, is almost more than, than we can even take in. But help us to take it in and to live lives for you. And that as we live those lives, not only does it change us, that it would impact the world around us for you, that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area, that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We, play, we pray again today for every church in this area where your word is preached, and we ask God that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're such an awesome, awesome God. If you need prayer for anything this morning, the folks over there pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, whatever. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior... We need to take care of that today. It, it's, it's the best decision you will ever make in your life. And, and really, it's, a, it's humility and faith. In humility, it's just admitting to God you're broken. Like all the rest of us here, you've sinned. And then asking God to forgive you what you do. And in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you have never prayed a prayer like that, I want to encourage you to do it very, right now. Just say, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And that's the beginning of this whole new journey in life that we're talking about. If you need help with that prayer, just go over there and ask somebody. Just say, hey, I want to know Jesus. And anybody over there will help you with that prayer. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, I'd encourage you to get it. If you're going to stay and have breakfast, we thank you for the food you provided. Bless that. Everybody that makes it possible, draw people in for the 11 o'clock service, God. You are an awesome, awesome God. Praise God from... and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Prayer is there. Breakfast is in the back. As you go, drive safely. Be kind to one another in the parking lot. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.